You know, at some point, you've probably either said or you've heard someone say, are we there yet? If you've got little kids, you've, you've heard this. You've been in a, a, um, a trip, you know, you're, you're, maybe you're in your minivan, whatever, and, you know, your kid's sitting back there with, uh, maybe they've even got armrests on their chair, and maybe they've got some device in. I mean, they've got it made, and they're like, are we there yet? And you're like, are you kidding me? I mean, I think back to the times I was a child, my family, to see my father's family, we would make a three-day trip to Idaho. We didn't have no minivan. We had a little car, and I was stuck in between my brothers, and the only place I had to lay my head was my brother's armpit in three days. It just, you know, and you're just thinking, are we there yet? And then you get there, and, you know, within another hour, your kid's going, are we going home yet? Why do we do that? You know, I, I don't know that I, I do that when it comes to, you know, road trips or something like that, but I find that I do that in the spiritual realm and, and in just the, in general with life. I have this idea that if I can just reach this point right here, life is going to be better. Life is going to be just okay. But, um, you know, at, I'm getting ready to turn 48 here in just a, a few days, and I've found out I have never reached that point yet. God has purposely arranged life so that I have to be dependent upon Him at all times. And I kept thinking I was going to reach this point where, yes, I'm dependent on God, but it's not going to be as hard. You know what I mean? But the problem is, is that when life's not hard, I tend to just kind of be like, I got this, God. I'm good. And so God, out of his love and his mercy, because he wants a relationship with me, he allows me to be challenged no matter what place in life I'm at. I think about, you know, times in my life when I never thought I would see the end of diapers. I mean, I just thought forever I would be changing diapers. Now, I'm so grateful that that point is gone. But you know what? Life has not gotten any easier at all. I mean, in some ways I look back and I'm like, you know, I wish life was just that simple. At least I didn't have to think much about it. But now the thing's coming at me, you know, I, I got to think so much more. I, I think, uh, you know, in, in starting ministry here, I've shared this before, but I can remember in my first year feeling like God wanted me here at least three years. And I'm like, I can't make three years. This is nuts, God. Well, I got to tell you, uh, we're 20 years later. Is it easier? No, it, it's honestly not. It's totally different. But there are just constant challenges that come at us because of the life and, the, and the, where we live. And so what I want to encourage you with this morning is this. God wants you to fully live right where you're at. If you're waiting for some point down the road where you think life's going to get better, it's not. But you know what? There's a lot of good and there's a lot of blessing right now. Maybe you're in that car ride. Take the enjoyment of it and just spend some time with the Lord. You, you, you got some peace for a while, you know. When you get to your destination, you're probably going to have to interact with a lot of people. And so there's going to be some challenges there. 
I don't know where you're at in your life right now, but I know this. You've got challenges. And these challenges are, are forcing you to have to, to rely on the Lord. But in the midst of that, rely on the Lord. Lean into Him. And know this, you can trust Him with where you're at. Well, that's one of the things the Lord's been pointing out to me, um, and I've mentioned this before, but the Lord right now is speaking to me about finances, and I don't quite yet know what he's trying to tell me, uh, but, but he's, he's trying to wake me up with something that's going on there, and to be honest with you, I don't like it. I just, you know what, God's taught me uh, lessons in the past about finances, and I just want that to be good enough. I, I just want to coast now. Just, just, just let me coast. But God's like, no, I've got more to teach you. And the way he does that is he brings difficulties in that rattle you. And so you're sitting there and you're like, okay, I have to choose once again, am I going to trust God? Now, you hear me preach that all the time, that you can trust God. And I got stories to back it up. I still got to start doing it every day. And my flesh doesn't want to do it. It doesn't matter what I've experienced. It doesn't matter what the Word says. My flesh doesn't want to do it. My flesh just wants everything taken care of. But that is not going to um, bind me with the Lord. And the Lord wants us to abide within Him. And so He allows challenges in our life. Why? Because He loves us. I want to look at an example of this in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Uh, and if you're not familiar with this, what's happening in Deuteronomy chapter 8 is that God's people, which are the Hebrews, have been delivered out of Egypt. And before they were delivered out of Egypt, you find that they were crying out to God. God, get us out of here. We are slaves in this place. We are having to work our fingers to the bone. We don't have anything that is our own. We just live in this other people's land. God, get us out of here. Now, all they were thinking about is how bad things were, and they just wanted something better. But here's what they didn't think about. What is God supposed to do? I mean, does God have a garden somewhere where nobody lives and it's all manicured and it's just waiting for them to walk over and start living there? I mean, what, what the, no. God's going to have to shake things up in order to get them out of the slavery they're in. The people who are oppressing them, they're not going to just say, oh, here you go. God's going to have to really shake them up and he's going to do that. And then once they leave, what are they going to have to do? They're going to have to journey somewhere. God's not going to just snap his fingers and poof, they, they appear and they're in the Garden of Eden or something. No, they're going to have to journey. And then once they get there, what's going to happen? There's already going to be other people living there. God's going to have to remove those people. And is he going to do it just all at once? No, because then the scripture teaches that they wouldn't be able to keep up with the maintenance of, that the land would require. And so God's going to do it a little bit at a time. And then the scripture is going to teach us that there's another danger that awaits them. Once they get there and they've got God has given them everything, there's going to be a tendency to forget about God and just for to start to, you know, rely on themselves. So in Egypt, did they have challenges? Yeah. 
But you know what? God was right there with them. And there were blessings. And as a matter of fact, later they're going to be crying out and saying, I want to go back to Egypt. Because they're going to remember there actually was some blessings. I mean, there was some oppression. Absolutely. There was slavery and it wasn't good. And God wanted to bring them out. And maybe you're going through a really difficult time. You know, our life has seasons. God takes us through seasons and there's always challenges with it. But hear this. God is always there. And God, if you will trust him, he will bring deliverance. He will bring blessing. But this trust has to be more than words. Trust always requires a step. You know, if God's saying, I want you to work this job over here, but it takes less money. You can say you trust God all day long, but until you take the step and you say, okay, I'm going to do this, you're not going to know the blessings of it. Maybe God's saying to you, uh, I want you to, you know, bring this child into your home. Once again, you can say, I can trust God and God can do that. But until you take the step, what does it matter? Uh, You can say that, you know, I follow Jesus and I want to share Jesus with other people. But maybe God's putting somebody on your heart right now that he wants you to speak to and he wants you to be direct. You can say what you want until you open your mouth and start saying something about the Lord. It doesn't matter. You're not going to see the blessings of it. You've got to step out. And so as we go to Deuteronomy chapter 8, here's what we're going to see. Moses is talking to the people. They've been delivered of Egypt. They've been walking around the wilderness for 40 years because they wouldn't obey God. But they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And so Moses is talking to them about what God's been doing the last 40 years and what they got to be careful of as they enter the promised land. That's where I want to go to this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Uh, it's, a, it's a short chapter, and I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation this morning. So, here's what Moses says uh, that the Lord's told him to relay to the people. He says, Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply, and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Now this land that the Lord uh, swore to give their ancestors, he said this a long time ago. And this has been a, a long process. And some of you right now, you feel like your life is a long process. <laughs> and it is. Uh, but God is waiting until you're ready for certain things. I find that in my life. And I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, we, we all tend to think that we're ready for something when we're not, you know? Uh, I mean, you've got your kids, they hit 13, they're ready to run the house. They don't, they don't even need you anymore, right? In their own minds. But you know, it's like you got challenges coming at you that you can't even believe. I mean, I can remember as a, a young man in my 20s, I mean, I had it figured out. I knew everything. And I look back at that now and I'm like, life is crazy hard. And I can remember people telling me that, but I just didn't believe it. Because I just, I knew that if I did this, this, and this, I wasn't going to make the same mistakes as other people. Man, life is so hard and you can't get around it. But it's designed that way so that we lean into the Lord. And that's part of what Moses is going to be relaying to the people here. Verse 2 says, Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you, testing you, 
to prove your character, to find out whether or not you would obey His commands. Yes, He humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So I want you to hear that God purposely designed uh, what he did with the people because he wanted to teach them something. When they were in Egypt, they had food, and you'll hear them talk about that. When they left Egypt, they left the oppression and all that, but then before they got to the promised land, they were out in this wilderness, and the Lord specifically led them to a place where they had no food. Now, at that moment, they had to decide, I don't know how God is going to feed me, but he's led me here. Because he had an angel that was leading them. And so they had to decide, am I, even though I can't figure it out, am I going to trust that God's going to provide? And am I simply going to ask him to provide? Or am I going to get mad and say, this is a bunch of baloney. God's led us out here to die. Well, most of them chose the second option. They began to complain. We had all this food. What are we doing out here? And because of that, they didn't see the blessing that God wanted to give them. But God purposely put them in that situation because he wanted to teach them something. Stop looking at life with your physical eyes. Look at life through the spiritual eyes that I've given you. And then what did he do? He made that physical. He brought them manna, something that had never been known in all of the world before. He brought them manna. Why? So that they would see it is God that provides. You've got challenges in your life right now. And if you're like me, you're looking at your neighbor who doesn't have the same challenge. And you're saying, what's that about, God? I mean, I'm pursuing you and they're not. Why am I having to go through this? Because God wants to teach you something, and this will bring you freedom. When you reach that point that you understand, you know, in this life, we think that, you know, one plus one equals two, and, you know, things just have a certain pattern and and so on. Not so with God. God is able to create things that have never been seen before. God is able to remove things that always happen. I've had that in my life, you know. God, I'm going to follow this pattern, and this is the way it always turns out. And then it didn't. Why? Because he was redirecting me in another way. And at the time, it's hard. But if I will trust in him, it will bring about freedom. So see what God was doing? He was creating this pattern so that they would learn to truly trust in him and not trust in just the things that they can see. Verse 4 says this, For all these 40 years your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. Now here's the thing. They should have been able to cross the wilderness and go right into the promised land. But they didn't. And part of the reason is because as God was testing them, he found out they didn't trust him at all. I mean, God delivers them from Egypt. Moses steps away for a few days. And here's what they do. This is, this is so, <laughs> I mean, but this, this, is, this is our condition right now. God had not only delivered them from Egypt, but he had caused the Egyptians to give them all of their wealth. You know, gold, silver, all kinds of stuff. 
You know what they did with that wealth? As soon as Moses stepped away for a few days, they said, you know what? Let's make a golden calf and let's worship that and call that God. So the wealth that God had provided for them, they took that and they said, let's make this calf within like a few days. And so out of that, God saw they're not ready. If I bless them with this promised land right now, they're going to lose it in no time because they don't trust me. I've got to teach them that I am the provider, that it all comes from me. And so because of that, instead of going right into the promised land, he has them circling around for 40 years going nowhere. But here's the other interesting thing. Did you catch that, what it said? That during that time... Your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. Here's something I've found. I've found that when I'm doing what God calls me to, even if I'm not making a, not, a lot financially, God will provide. I find that I will have things that should have worn out a long time ago and they just don't. God just provides. Now, here's the other frustrating thing, though. I've also had points in my life where maybe I am making more income. And you know what I find? It just like, like, like things that shouldn't break, break. And I'm like, what is going on, God? I don't like this. I want to be in a place of comfort where I can just buy what I want, when I want. I don't want to have to, to, to you know, be concerned about it. I, I, just, I, I just want stability and all that stuff. And God won't give it. <laughs> you know why? Because He knows my heart. And my heart is to tend to just kind of become independent. I got this, God, and I'm not really looking towards Him. And so, for all my life, this is what I found, the pattern that he brings along. So even though he was not letting them go into the promised land, here's what I want you to hear. He was providing them for them in supernatural ways. Maybe you're not in the place that you want to be and you're frustrated with it. Maybe God's even told you, this is where I'm taking you, but you're not there. And you're just thinking, oh, if I could just get there. But I want you to hear this right now. God is blessing you in ways. In ways that he may not bless you when you get there. You know what? When they get there, um, they're, they're not going to have the manna. They're going to have to start working in ways that they didn't work. Their clothes are going to start wearing out. They're going to have to start, you know, making new clothes and that kind of thing. There is going to be new challenges when they reach the promised land. There's blessings no matter where we're at in life. Verse 6 says, So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It's a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It's a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It's a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. But then verse 11 says, but that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God. 
and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you today. When you read through that section of all this land was going to be, you're just like, that's, I mean, that's just perfect. That's amazing. Uh, what, what else could you want for? Life is going to be so good. You know what? It's going to come with other challenges. And the other challenges is, is going to be that, you know, they start to depend on themselves. You know, right now we can look at our culture and we could say, you know, this culture is so bad right now. I remember, you know, years ago when, you know, things were a lot better. You know what? Uh, in my years that I've lived, yes, things have certainly changed, but there were negatives before that aren't now, and there were positives before that aren't now. Our, our culture right now is, is, is very dark, absolutely. But you know what? The positive of that is, is that there's less and less people pretending to follow God that aren't. <laughs> it's becoming very uh, clear whether or not you're following Him or not. And, and the good part about that is, is that there were enough number of people that that you know because their name was on the church roll they thought that they were good and and it wasn't the case and now we're living in a place where it's becoming very clear about where we're at and so there's good to the place that we're at you know another thing I was thinking about is you know when I think about where our church is at now 20 years later I, I mean and I think about all that God has done I mean I there, there's, I love being a part of this church. I, I mean, used to, in, in years past, I would, when we were on vacation, you know, we're, we're always visiting other churches, and I would just love that, you know, seeing different things. But now I've reached a point where I, I love being with my church family because I, I love all that this church is. But despite that I love all that this church is, it has crazy challenges, and that's never going to stop. But you know, once again, it's a grace of the Lord because it causes me to be absolutely dependent on Him. I'm not reaching this point where I think, okay, I got this, God. I'm just going to kind of take the reins now. You can trust me. Just kind of get in the background. Verse 12 says, For when you've become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous stinks and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. You know, after they would enter this promised land, I think about uh, King Solomon, who, who absolutely had it all, but he was absolutely miserable. And the reason he was miserable is because he wasn't really looking to the Lord. He did in the beginning. He absolutely did in the beginning. But, but once he began to get all the just material things of life, even though, I mean, he had heard from God. I mean, he had heard God speak to him more than once. He had seen the glory of God in a way that few of us had. And yet, 
he began to just focus on the things of life and it pulled his heart away. You know, I'm mindful as we're sitting here right now, we've got this nice AC going. Most of us, you know, probably came in a vehicle with nice AC. Some of you are probably thinking about going out to a restaurant afterwards. You're going to go home and you got a nice meal. Right now, our Guatemala team um, is most likely in an open air church out in the middle of a mountain. And they got there by standing up in the back of a truck and holding onto a bar while you're going down these mountain roads. And uh, they didn't have AC while that was going on, and it's warm in Guatemala. And afterwards, they're not going out to any restaurant. Uh, I don't know who knows what they're going to be eating. Uh, Jody's advised them just to hold their nose as they eat, and it you know provides for a better experience. But they're they're going through all these challenges. But in the midst of that, I uh, I, I know that they are going to have some experiences with the Lord that they wouldn't trade for anything. When you focus on that and you let the other things go, God provides blessing. So what is it in your heart right now where you're saying, God, I just, I just want, I, I want this taken care of? What is it? It's good that you ask God for those things and you, that you lean into those things. But don't do this. Don't think that if this would just happen, life is going to be great and, and that's all I ever want. Because what you're doing at that point is that instead of worshiping the one who gives, you're worshiping the thing that is given. And that's not going to really bring you fulfillment and it's not going to really bring you joy. Um, you know, sometimes in our culture, you know, we look at retirement like, you know, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have it made at that point. Well, guess what? I have yet to find the person who reaches that and is like, oh yeah, I've got it made. Life's just, just great now. You continue to have challenges. And the only way that we're going to walk in blessing, no matter what stage of life you're in, is to focus on the Lord and do what He asks of us. Allow Him to continue to teach you. Don't get mad. Don't get mad when you go through the struggles and so on. I know that's easy to say, but know that God is trying to teach you something and He's trying to draw your heart to Him and it's all for something better. It's all to prepare you to live with Him in eternity. Father, thank you um, 